0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number
1: 558. Do the thing that gets you excited to get up, and if it's playing with cars, great. If it's eating salami sandwiches, fine. You know, if it's swimming in the ocean, then do that. This is Cars Yeah! Where you'll enjoy
0: interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Larry Cosilla. Larry, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am indeed. Let's do this. All right.
0: Orbital in hand, I hope. <laughs> Larry Cosilla is the founder of Ammo. He's a longtime master detailer and creator of his own line of car care products. His cleaners, polishes, waxes, sealants, and accessories provide a paint regimen that takes car care to an entirely new level of perfection. Larry then takes it a little bit further and he produces and hosts a YouTube video series titled Drive Clean and Autoblog's new series, Details, where he educates enthusiasts how to properly care for their vehicle, from simple washes to complex cleaning and application processes. His ride-along videos feature solutions to common detailing challenges. Ammo's mission is to educate, inspire, and protect drivers, and his mantra is drive to protect. I like that. Larry, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for taking care of automobiles?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show, first off. It was very cool to uh, be invited. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so ammo, you know, listen, it's been, uh, it's been around for five or six years. Before that, there's the detailing, like, you know, a lot of the guests that you've had we were just sort of crazy about, uh, you know, maintaining and cleaning cars, but I sort of let it get the best of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. My father was a chemist, my wife was a chemist, and, you know, I sort of very briefly got into, uh, you know, I'll make it brief, but, uh, I got into manufacturing products for another company for a while and really saw you know, the, lack of a better word, the nuts and bolts of how these things are, are manufactured and right, what's good about it, what's bad about it, and, you know, what just is. And then I kind of came out with my own thing. And, and I to keep it short and sweet, the bottom line is I never really, uh, how do I word this? I never intended to really sell the product. I just made the product the way that I wanted it for my business. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a dude in a suit and I don't, you know, have 7,000 people working or whatever, <laughs> you know, for me, I, I'm just a detailer. And I wanted what I wanted. Right. And I thought it would be really cool to put my name on it. And people ask me that all the time. And, and, and I tell them that story. and They're like, that's it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what happened. And they're like, oh. And I was like, yeah. I just thought it would be cool to put my name on it. It made me feel good when I show up with my van. So, anyway, yeah. That's a very short version of how ammo got started. But yeah, that's, uh, and the rest is history now. We're in, you know, 68 countries or something like that. So it just, just took off. But wow. Very. Certainly cool. not by like super strategic, you know. Marketing plan or something. <laughs> well,
0: sometimes that's the way things go. You know, you you remind me a bit of Dr. Ferdinand Porsche. He said, "I couldn't find a sports car I like, so I created one myself." And for a detailer, there's lots of detailers out there, but to take it to the level you've taken it. And what I like about what you do is you educate people. Your video series is so in depth, so complex. I worked in the car care business for 20 plus years. I understand it. I know what it's all about. But I really enjoy your videos because you help people. And anybody out there that's helping people understand how to better care for their, these vehicles they love and adore so much uh, is an A-plus guy on my list. So thank you for doing that. No, no. And the
1: biggest thing is if you notice a lot of the videos, I think when people come back, is I don't actually – very rarely, I mean, I should probably do it more. I don't even have my products in the videos. People, half the time people go, like, I didn't even realize you had you know, products. Which I, I should probably change, as I am running a business now. <laughs> but yes. you know, I use other products, McGuire's and you know Adams or what. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, hey, sure. you know, if, you, if that's the one that you you like and you're comfortable with, I'll show you how to use it. That's great. But I think a lot of people you know appreciate that, and they do come back to Ammo, and Ammo has really grown and it's wonderful. But I take a lot of pride in the fact that I don't try to. I'm just not a sales guy. I don't know. I don't know how to say it the right way. But I'm just not a sales dude. I just show you what I want to show you. I do use my products obviously because they're mine sure. and I love them. But if you're, if you're you're dead set on something else and it works for you, then God bless you. Well, I'll show you how to use that, too. You know what I mean? So that's, I think that's, that's really important to me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires or the orbital buffer spinning here on Cars, yeah? So, Larry, take the wheel.
1: All right. So, like anybody else, there's never really one quote. I think there's a, a quote and then you know, that you build on it. And then there's a, probably another quote. So it's uh, a long way of me saying I have kind of have two that have shaped the first one. Isn't like a perfect blah, 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 blah. blah. And then that, that's it. it. It's more of a theory or, or a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is one of your past guests, Matt Farah, who's uh, you know, I grew up with him and he's beyond the great friend kind of thing. You know, yeah. his father was a very big inspiration to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because he's a, a very important CEO and all these kind of things. So growing up, I, I looked at him and so, I'll get to the quote in a second, but I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember where he was sitting, where we were in his, in his room, you know, in, in, in his uh, living room, or whatever. And I said, hey, you know, I wanted to be a CEO like him. Yeah, mind you, I'm 15 years old or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. But what do you, you know, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to, like, I really want to, I love washing my car and doing things with cars. He goes, well, why do you want to be a CEO? I said, well, because wow, I want to make, you know, a bunch of money and become a C- and, uh, you know, as a CEO and then have lots of cars. Yeah. And then so he sat me down and basically said, it doesn't, it, it literally doesn't matter what you do. As long as whatever it is that you do, you're crazy excited about it and you become the best. He goes, you want to be a garbage man? God bless you. Be the best garbage man. Right. I know that's kind of like a trite saying, mm-hmm. you want to be a CEO? Great. But just do the thing that you're the most passionate about because it, won't, it will take the least amount of effort to be the best at it. So I mangled that quote, but I never forgot that. That advice, that feeling, you know, it resonated over my career, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And the the second one is really important to me. And it it is an actual saying. Uh, It's from one of my closest mentors now is uh, work with the willing. It's called work with the willing, meaning if something is just not working and it's not jiving, it's not, it just doesn't smell right. It doesn't seem right. You know, that kind of like your gut feeling isn't Mm working. Just, just work with people who are willing to, to work with you and don't fight and I really embrace that now. If it's just not working and I feel like there's no connection, you just gracefully, you know, love everybody, you know, you be respectful and just kind of move on. So that's kind of as I progress. So those are my two, like, things I kind of live by. I know that sounds corny, but there you go.
0: They're great mantras. They're great guiding structures of words that uh, help you go down your path. And and what uh, Farah's father, of course, and he was a past guest here on Karjia, yeah, said to you is exactly true. And it's what Karjia yeah is all about. All the people that I've interviewed, are passionate about cars and they figured out a way to wrap it around their vocation. And that's what we're trying to do here together is inspire those folks out there that aren't having fun with cars every day like you and I are. Mm -hmm. There is a way to do it, but you have to be passionate about it and you have to work your butt off as well. So,
1: Sure, sure.
0: Let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share what instigated your passion for cars. I read your bio and you talk about uh, your video on your website where you ask your mom for a bucket and some soap to go on and wash your your pedal car. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy?
1: I know I thought about that question, and the answer is I feel like I it just is. It was like the <laughs> thing that I didn't have to think about. You know what I mean? It's like the thing that I mean. The, the way that I can boil it down is, you know, I have my car now that I've always wanted, and the whole thing, you know, my Porsche or whatever, and. I still, I've had it for many years and I get in it. And and first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit right now because I haven't driven it in like a week. So I, as soon as I hang (laughs) up with it, I'm going to go for a ride just because, but I just feel like every time I drive it or a car that does that to me, I get the giggles and my buddy's always laughing. Like, what are you gagging? I'm like, I don't know. The car just makes me giggle. It's just awesome. So there's like this intangible thing. So I don't, I don't think there was like a moment where I went like, aha, I want to be a banker or aha, I want to be a car guy. It just kind of like, It just is. You know what I mean? It just is. It's just me. Like, I remember, like I told you, you said that story of washing the car. Even earlier than that, my dad said that, you know, my dad's a tough guy or whatever. He he would give me a doll and, and, and a race car. And I took the doll and I threw it across the room and I made my first noises were room room noises with the car. And they were like, "What that? And my my, my dad's not a car guy. My mom's not a car guy. Sure. They were just like, whoa, I guess he's into cars. So <laughs> that's a long way of saying I, I, I have no idea. It just, it just is. It's just in the blood, I guess. I don't know.
0: part of the DNA for sure. I think so. Yeah. I know as part of your background, you worked kind of a finance wall street. You had a corporate job, but you decided to walk away from that and do your own thing. So let's talk about a huge challenge or a big failure that you face along the way. The entrepreneurial journey is fraught with roller coaster rides. We all know that. I've Mm -hmm. heard so many stories here from guests. I want you to take us to that really painful time. Tell us what was happening. But more importantly, how did you get out of it? What did you learn from it? How did you overcome it?
1: I'm going to go what we call ten thousand foot view. So I'm not going to be super super specific on one of them, but it's more of like a general thought. And the big the big thing about entrepreneurs is, I think in general is everyone's excited to be an entrepreneur, and you're you're kind of you're raring to go, and you're you're ready to dig a hole wherever it is, but you just don't know where to dig. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking for direction. You're always looking for. And so for me, my Achilles heel, and again, this actually ironically goes back to Mister Farah, is I'm I was a little not as focused as I needed to be. So I had the energy, I had the horsepower, I had, you know, I had the heavy foot, like I could put the, I could pull the trigger all day long and then step on the gas. But I was, I wasn't sure what direction I was going. So it kind of boils down to, for me, my Achilles heel was, was the shiny object syndrome. squirrel squirrel (laughs) exactly exactly you know what i mean i would chase the card and then once i got it i didn't know what to do with it when i found it but sure so for me it, it really is like create a plan get your focus decide what you want to do really really think about it then execute it and then don't let anything else don't let the shiny objects get you off the path i know that's being more vague but i mean i have like i don't know a thousand examples but they're never you know it's not wonderful to relive all those experiences but that's what i've come to
0: the takeaway from this is so important for folks out there young or old that are entrepreneurial starting a new venture or even in the middle of one is that bright shiny object syndrome that distracts us is so easy to get us off course and destroy Mm -hmm. everything that we're working on so i'm glad you brought that up because i hear that quite often from people and i of course use the squirrel reference because You know, you are going down one path and you have to turn your head and go in another path. So for you, instead of going to a specific event then, I want you to share with our listeners, how did you apply that process so that it wasn't continuing to take you off course?
1: What I think is really important in any person, forget about detailing, is if you can provide for your family and and be profitable. Being profitable is is vital. I want the companies that I deal with, like Apple or I don't know, the guy down the street selling pizza. I want him to be profitable because I want him to be around. Like, yes. I, that's a good thing. Yep. So to me, when I first started, what I saw a lot, just as I was taking over uh, and really getting into the business, was I saw a lot of people working very hard but not being profitable. And the working hard thing was like the passion and the love. And all these, and that's awesome. And I think that's great. But what like, makes it like, really beautiful to me is being able to combine that passion into profitability. So you're, just, you're saying to yourself, Larry, what's your point? The point is when I first bought my place, uh, I bought an existing business and the existing business had, I can't remember, it was like 650 something clients or something like that. call them uh, 600 clients, right? Yes. And those clients would come for a certain amount of car washing or whatever. So let's call it, back in the day, it was like 20 bucks a car wash, right? And it was a hand car wash, two or three bags. So what I decided to do because of that love of being profitable and you know, delivering a certain service, I ended up immediately raising prices. And quadrupling the service, meaning like I, I really knocked it out of the park. You, there's no way you could say that wasn't the best car wash in the world. But I charged, I can't even remember what it was. It was 10 years ago. But $35 yeah. or whatever. So people freaked out. Right. So again, what's my point? What I did was I, and I say this uh, respectfully, but I weeded out the people who were looking, you know, more of the bottom feeder kind of thing or the discount junkies, we call them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I kept the cream of the crop. And so over the years of building the business, I kind of kept that frothiness Yes. Now, mind you, I'm never taking advantage of anyone. I'm doing the best work in, in the world, but sometimes that's just people don't necessarily want that.
0: Right. You know what I mean? They
1: want yeah. the cheaper thing, and I totally respect that. So that was a kind of goes into what you're talking about here. That was like a big moment for me to really kind of put the business back into detailing as opposed to just the passion. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I think you jumped ahead to a great segue to my next question about aha moments because it sounds like to me, you understood that as an aha moment. You started to whittle down and focus on what your business was going to be. You don't want to be a jack of all trades, car wash to everyone. You want to start to become the best detailer to the best clientele. Therefore, you can charge better prices. You can make better money and become profitable because for entrepreneurs out there, profitability for any business person is absolutely crucial. It's the only way you can grow and Survive.
1: It's the oxygen. It's the oxygen you need literally to keep going. But I want to make another point that I think people go like, oh, you know what? The ultimate goal is to be doing, you know, $10,000 details on Ferraris or whatever, right? That's, that's like the, the cliche kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that is a business model. But there's also a business model where it's like, hey, I want to do, you know, parking. Um, by the way, I've done all of these. Uh, you know, I've done, you know, parking lot, 400 cars a day, lot washes, but the cars don't move. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with doing one where it's an automatic car wash. Forget about the what's right or wrong. I, it's Whatever drives your passion, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is that you do at the point I'm trying to make, it has to be profitable. Yes. And so I see a lot of these young people, and I want to just grab them and shake them and say, you can't just lower your price because the dude down the street's 100 bucks and you're going to do $90. Yeah. It doesn't work that way because you don't know if he his dad gave him his building. You don't know if he's a billionaire and he's just doing this for fun. You, 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 can't, you can't compare that. So really... I try to empower people to say, what are my actual numbers? What's my income statement? And then make decisions based on those those numbers. So I think maybe that is a bit of an aha moment or whatever, but I'm I'm kind of mixing them all together. But I get super passionate about that.
0: No, I think it's very important. I write a weekly blog here at Cars Yeah that subscribers get. And my blog last week was The Race to the Bottom. And it was specifically about that concept that you can't race to the bottom on your pricing. You need to determine where your pricing needs to be and hold it there. And it also related to quality. You mentioned Apple early on. Of course, they're not the cheapest phones, but in my opinion, they're the best ones out there. So uh, exactly right. Great. Very well said. I like the way you combine those two questions together. How about proudest business or career moments? Is there one that really stands out for
1: you? I have an overall one, and I'll give you a specific. Overall, I'm proud of the fact that I've been in business myself for a long time, mm-hmm. I think, you know, since 2005, 2006, whatever it was. Yeah, 10 and years. And stayed profitable and been able to, I think sometimes people, including myself, forget the fact that like 90 whatever the percentage is, 85% or whatever it is of businesses fail yep. in the first three years. Mm-hmm. And I sort of gotten through that. And I'm really, I'm, I'm super stoked about that and proud because it was a lot of labor and it's, it's going to continue to be because that's just what they are. So the fact that I'm doing that and profitable is my proudest moment. But I think if you want a specific thing, I really think hard about the time when I decided to raise prices and I took a lot of heat for that. Mm-hmm. And I had to stand in front of a lot of metaphorical, you know, beanbags or bullets or whatever you want. You know, I, right. I took a lot of heat, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I remember saying to myself, wait a second, am I doing the right thing? You're like smile, smile, you know, be, be tough, be secure. But honestly, inside I was, I was freaking out. I didn't know if I was right. <laughs> Looking <laughs> back now, I say, yeah, that's great because it set me on the path to basically filtering, I'll use that word instead of weeding out because it's, it's a negative connotation to that. I would say filtering out the best and best clients. So I've got way fewer clients. I probably have six clients now, but they're unbelievable. You know, all those six clients are just, you know, everybody says the 80-20 rule, I'm sure you, and, oh, yeah. you're super familiar with that. So I kind of took that to the end degree. And weeded out 600 clients down to six of them now. And, I, and I'm, I couldn't be more busy and I couldn't be more profitable. You see what I'm saying? Like that. Yes. I'm really stoked about that.
0: Congratulations. You figured out yeah. one of the secrets. So very nice. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time. I'd love for you to share. You mentioned this Porsche that was special to you. But I'd like you to go back and talk about your first really special car. That car that you got for yourself that you finally went, man, I've finally done it. And maybe share a memory with that vehicle.
1: Sure. My supercar back in the day uh, was a 1989 Mustang LX 5.0. Mm-hmm. You were the man if you had a Mustang. Like, <laughs> just the sound. Every, everybody can hear a Mustang in their, sound, in their mind right now. So I was caddying and detailing to, to earn enough money. I think it was like 5000 bucks or whatever back then. I used one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the memory that it pops in the mind is I've been negotiating with this guy back and forth for a long time. And then finally, I feel like I wore him down, and I, you know, was I. I feel like he was kind of like, oh, for the love of God, just give it to this guy because he's he's like, you know, he, he, he's he, trying. He needs this car. He's trying. So the way <laughs> I never forget this, he called me on the day, and we talked about and we, you know, all the things or whatever. And then we finally made it, made a deal. My mother and I were going to go see Saving Private Ryan. Remember the movie oh, Saving yes. Private Ryan when yeah. it first came out in the theater? Tom Hanks. Yeah. And you remember the first scene in Saving Private Ryan is like. Oscar winning, you know, like crazy first opening scene. I was on the phone with the guy finishing the negotiation and I walked into the theater after that, after that scene, <laughs> right? So for years later, I never really, I just didn't realize there was that opening scene until like, you know, you saw it on TV or whatever years later. and I was like, holy Jesus. <laughs> I missed that part. I missed the opening scene, but it was sort of a good thing. I got, I got my first, uh, got my Mustang, car, which I had forever. Yeah, so that's, I don't know why I always remember that story, but it was just, <laughs> I love that car.
0: There you go. Well let's go and talk on the other end about sellers remorse. Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm still kicking myself to the day. And of course it's still the eighty nine LX Mustang. So when I had my detail shop, I kept the Mustang outside. The problem was I was living in Manhattan and working in Westchester. So I had to drive back and forth and so parking a nice car like that on the street drove me nuts. Yeah. And so push comes to show up, I had to buy a house or whatever. And somebody came and offered me more money than the car was worth. A young kid just mm-hmm. so offered me $5,000 for a car that I had paid 5,000 for. That was only worth, you know, 2000 whatever it was. Sure. So I ended up selling him this car. And you know, the story that everybody always says like, Oh, two weeks later, he wrapped it around a pole kind of thing. The guy literally got the car, super horsepower, all crazy, all beautiful car. And he wrapped it around a pole and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I really mean that he took the car and one end touched the other side and wrapped it around a pole. I have a picture of it where oh. there's a pole in the middle of it.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So the guy was okay. He ended up bending it back, you know, whatever, like body shop wise or whatever. So it wasn't totaled, which was crazy. I don't know why. I think his dad owned a body shop. Yeah. So the, the moral of the story is a couple weeks later or months or whatever it is when he got it fixed, he took the car back to me and it's mangled piece and wanted me to detail it because, you know, his arm or something hit, hit a little piece. And you know, he was totally fine, by the way. And he had like, a little scrape and some blood in the car. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the weirdest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Clean my own car that I'm devastated. <laughs> <at it." laughs> yeah. The guy was totally fine. He's like, Hey, come back and detail it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have some buyer's remorse about that because I know Matt Farrell bought one afterwards. Matt and I in high school were, were like two Mustang guys. So we had each, we each had Mustangs in high school and he got one back. I think he still has it or whatever. He does some crazy work to it. And I wanted, I just, I always kicked myself because that car, that car has come back and, in like coolness. You know you know what I'm saying? Like it's like an awesome car now. So yeah.
0: We all have those stories. Sorry I brought that up. We'll go on yeah, to the know, next question. Sorry about that oh, one. Too. Yes. Well let's talk about you t- today today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to talk a little bit and tell our listeners who maybe don't know a lot about you what you're doing now. Tell us a little bit about these video series so that uh those out there can investigate ammo and uh the kind of services you're providing.
1: Sure. So ammo you know, MNYC, if you just go to YouTube, yc or my name or whatever, I've had, uh, you know, a long-time YouTube channel. That's my personal channel. So the, what's interesting about this perspective is it's not super highly edited. I mean, of course, it's edited, but not like it is these other shows where it's called Ride Along. I just take you on a job that I'm doing, and I don't really know what I'm talking about until I start the job. So, like, last night I did a, a, a car. I did two cars. It took 19 hours, which is relatively annoying. But this is a 964 uh, Porsche Cup car. Uh And so what's interesting about this one is I have a nine six four regular, you know, 1991 and I have clear coat on my car. This one didn't. And there's only 34 of them made because there's this very interesting story behind it. Meaning the car was painted differently because it was an actual race car. The race series collapsed and they have these cars that they didn't, they couldn't sell anymore, so they changed the color of it, so they painted it like in the garage just to get them out, and they sold them at a discount. Now they're worth a half a million dollars. <laughs> so the, yes. th- the point of me telling you that is like there's interesting things that pop up uh, in this series, uh-huh. unlike or, or different than I have another series called Dry Clean and, and Autoblog Details, which is a little more, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to crush a topic, you know what I mean, like how to polish paint or whatever, or mm-hmm. how to touch up paint. So a cool thing that's coming out that people aren't going to know about, but hopefully by the time this airs, will know is, again, this is still up in the air, and I'm still trying to pin down contracts and whatnot, but of course, I have another season of Drive Clean, season four, and my opener, you know, drum roll or whatever, because this is kind of <laughs> cool, is yeah. I have two cars coming over from Switzerland, so they're getting on a plane. One is a, a McLaren F1 GTR, six in the world, Nice. and one is a Pagani Quaira. so they're both coming over for Pebble Beach, so I'm going to be with those cars for an entire week, restore them with Evan Brown. Uh-huh. And a couple of buddies. And one of the cool things that we're going to do is on Wednesday night, the guy wants to go driving in the, in the Pebble Beach Parade or whatever they call it. Uh-huh. And he's got a clear bra on it. That night, as soon as he's done, Kevin and I and the team rip off the clear bra, restore the entire paint, bring it to Quail, show it at Quail for a couple of hours, you know, it's like five hours or whatever the event is, drive the car back, re-clear bra it, and then put it back on the plane. Huh. Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's the plan right now. And, you know, we haven't shot anything, and it's, it's still somewhat up in the air, but everyone's agreed to it and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So very cool. I'm excited to shoot that. Yeah. That's, that's my secret.
0: Well, I'll look for you in August when I'm down there at those events for sure. Uh, sounds yep. like some exciting stuff. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Larry. If you were a car, what kind of car would you
1: be and why? All right. So... I drove, and this is a very weird, specific thing to say, but I drove a 2009, so the V8 version of the R8. I'm not a fan of the V10 for some reason. I like the sound of the V8. So mm-hmm. in 2009, uh, actually it was 2010 I drove, but the car was 2009, uh, in the bull run cross-country cross rally, I'm sure you've seen on TV, yeah. it's called Knuckleheads Driving Fast. So, of course, I drove that, and I have I drove that from Calgary all the way down to Arizona and just fell in love with that car. So the reason I would be that is I love the fact that it's all-wheel drive. I love the fact that it's you can drive it in any weather. So I'm kind of making a comparison the someone that rolls with the punches, someone that can do anything at any any time. Uh-huh. I feel like the R8 can do. Yeah. I love the fact that it's classy, but a little bit dangerous at the same time, not like boring. <laughs>
0: there you go. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Um, a- aggressive, but not like... Um, how do you say not like you know with a with a eight thousand horsepower supercharger hanging out of the roof you know, sure, or, the, or the hood, sure. and doing a burnout kind of thing like I, that's cool, but like you do a hundred miles an hour into a turn and the car flips over, like I don't want that. I want to be able to like control it. So yeah, the Audi R eight for some reason just has that like it just has that. It's not James Bond everybody says Aston Martin obviously is James bonds but it's got that James Bondy kind of cool like totally under control but still have tons of power does that make
0: sense yeah it does and it's a very unique car as well so when you look at the design you just don't see a lot of those out there uh and on the road i think that's a a good way to answer that question well larry up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors if you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over congratulations you're ahead of most people. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Larry, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: I'll try to be polite about this, but nobody... Nobody cares about what you want as much as you do. So you have to have the facts behind it to to make the decisions yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's a nice way of saying don't rely on anything else. Come up with your own points and make your own decisions. There you go.
0: Now, how about a personal habit? Is there a personal habit that you have that you think has contributed to your success?
1: Sort of keeping my desk clean, that's a metaphor, meaning I don't like to be enmeshed. That's kind of one of our big words. I don't like to have confusion. Or uh, another thing is uh, staying out of out of the gray. Mm-hmm. It's either black or it's either white. And I think that helps a lot of decisions going forward in your life. If it's like a weird, funky area and you don't kind of know, I, I think uh, staying out of those areas in every part of your life will make, make things a lot easier for you going down the road.
0: There you go. Now, how about a resource? There are great resources, just like your online video tutorials if you will on car care but is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy
1: sure i think nowadays the number one resource in my mind is youtube just videos yeah specifically if you're talking about you know car related things restoration changing brakes or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean there's nothing better than videos and, and youtube is so streaming so yeah i i would say youtube i don't even i don't even sounds crazy i don't have cable I, just, I physically, I do not have cable in my house just because we have YouTube and Netflix. So, yeah. mm-hmm. YouTube. There you
0: go. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well?
1: Sure. The 4-Hour Work Week is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, think and Grow Rich. My my two favorite books, 4-Hour Week and Think and Grow Rich. That's some hardcore, like, realistic advice. That's yep. amazing. So, those are my two favorites.
0: There you go. Well, listeners, you'll find links to all these great resources Larry is shared today on his very own show notes page at CarsYad.com. Slash Larry Cosilla. Larry's last name is K-O-S-I-L-L-A. And of course, uh, links to all his uh, videos will be on his show notes page on the Carjia yeah! website. And there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books here at Carjia yeah! where you can have quick, easy links to buy these books in the past 557 guests here on Carjia. Yeah! All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Larry. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. Money is no object. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly,
1: why? This is like the hardest question of all the questions you've asked me. So I don't have a specific answer because I'm losing my mind because it's like you go to a kid in the candy store. It's like pick one and you're like, oh my God.
0: I'm going to help you a little bit today. We're just talking about today. Okay. So let's just, I'll take the pressure off a little bit, but I can't let you get away with not answering this question because otherwise the past 557 guests are going to call me and go why did larry get away with it
1: Uh, i know i know (laughs) all right so the number one car that i would that i would want i know it sounds super corny but it's the uh my chevy impala that i have outside
0: oh car you already have
1: yeah it's a car that i have and the reason why i'd want it is because well, when detailing wasn't so good and things were, whatever, were not going so great, I, I spent a lot of nights in the back of that trying to stay warm kind of thing. Yeah. So I What year What year is your Impala? It's a 1995. Okay. You know, the, it's the Chevy SS, what they call the last of the muscle cars. Uh
0: huh.
1: So it's slowly decaying outside because it's got 250,000 miles or whatever. <laughs> oh my it, gosh. I've never seen a day indoors, but yeah. I would like that because at at this point i am so privileged and lucky to to drive and play with all these amazing cars, of course, I'd want all of them, yeah, but you know since I have a new a new baby son, you know you start thinking about different things, I'd rather have <laughs> yeah. something that's more meaningful than than anything, and that car that car's pretty meaningful to me in terms of you know
0: History. i I met
1: my wife in that car, you know that I picked her up for the first time, I brought my son home, you know what I mean it's like all those, all those kinds of things yeah. so, it'd be yeah. tough to part with it, but everything changes in life, so you know who knows what happens in the future but yeah, that that one means the most to me, so there you go.
0: So you're a new dad now? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a four-month-old who's teasing downstairs as we speak. Congratulations. So I
0: really sure. Wow, well, thank that's you, awesome. Well, you. having raised two spectacular uh, children to become adults, I'll tell you that uh, you're in for another ride for your life here, which is yes, absolutely yes. the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. So congratulations on that. And thank I'm you, really thrilled you. because now I don't have to buy you a car, so you saved, a, saved me a few pennies today. Good, because uh, good. the last guest I talked to this morning wants a uh, Delage, which is one of six in the world. So that one was going to be expensive. So uh, very nice choice. And more importantly, I like the reason behind it. So, Larry, you yeah. have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars you listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that perfectly detailed 95 Chevy SS Impala?
1: Of course, of course. Gosh, there's so much that that can be said, but uh, I guess I'll say when you're doing something that you really love to do, the lubrication to kind of get through the day, it's really simple when you're doing something you want to do. And so I'm sure I mangled that. So (laughs) don't just do anything for money and don't do anything because you went to fancy school or you didn't go to fancy school or your family tells you to do it or whatever. It's kind of like you know we don't have a whole lot of time here on Earth. Sure. Do do the thing that gets you excited to get up, and if it's playing with cards, great. If it's eating salami sandwiches, fine. If it's swimming in the ocean, then do that. Just be yep. happy. That's
0: for sure. Now, what's the best way, and all the different ways that our listeners can learn more about you and follow what you do?
1: Super simple. Just go to the, my website. Just ammo, like ammunition, but A M M O N Y C is in New York City dot com. So ammo NYC dot com. I have all the videos there. I have tutorials. I have my products, of course. My phone number. Half the time, you call. If I'm in the office, you know, I pick right up. People get excited about that. Or you can just shoot me an email. It's it's just very simple. It's Larry, my, my name at amoneyc. Just you can reach me anytime.
0: Listeners, I would encourage you to check out what he's doing. If you have any interest at all in how to care for your car, watch these videos. You'll learn a lot. I mentioned uh, as people who know me, I worked in the industry, and Larry has some incredible knowledge he's willing to share with you that will help you get your car looking better. Awesome products. You can find links to everything he shared with us today on his own show notes page at com. Just type Larry in the search bar and that page will pop right up. Larry, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Absolutely. Likewise. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's
0: ride here at Cars Yeah.